um, to be in fellowship, as well as those that are listening by the means of uh, the media. Uh, I want to uh, talk about uh, some things that the Lord has pressed in, in my spirit. I heard I heard a word last Sunday when I when we left here and I when I got home I walked into the, I was walking into the bathroom and and I heard the Lord say open door and I said okay God oh, what are you going what are you saying and, and it was on me all all week long and so I, I began to follow what the Holy Spirit said so we're going to go to First Corinthians chapter number sixteen uh, and we're going to be talking about the door of opportunity. The door of opportunity. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. Everything that's been happening uh, in the wake of the hurricane, um, God is providing something and it's up to every saint to take advantage. When I say take advantage, I don't mean in a, in a bad way, but I'm, I'm talking about in a good way, in a good way, you know, to take an advantage of the opportunity that the Lord is bringing forth. Amen. So we're going to 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, and we're going to talk about the door of opportunity, the door of opportunity. Now, Father, I'm being obedient to your spirit. I heard what you said, and Father God, we're following through. And now, Father God, we're just praying in the name of Jesus that, that you would just allow your Holy Spirit, that he would just teach us. And, Father God, we just pray, Lord God, that you allow me to decrease. And we pray, Father God, for your anointing to set forth and, and ring on me and upon me. And allow me to bring forth that which the Spirit uttered unto me. And, God, I thank you for it now. And we cast down any foul and demonic force, anything that will rise up against this word, that it be not heard. And, Father God, we thank you and we give you glory and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, talking about the door of opportunity. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 8. And it says, but I will tarry, here Paul is talking, but I will tarry at Ephesus until the Pentecost. Now the word Ephesus there means desirable. And then the, the key verse here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9 says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. For a great door and effective is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now, the Lord says this. He says the door, the door is an opportunity. And it's an opportunity for a, for a purpose. Now, the thing about, the reason why um, Paul is saying, and, and the word Paul means to be restrained by the word. In order for us to enter into this opportunity that God has presented, we have to be restrained by the word of God. You see, self has to be restrained. So self has to be totally moved out of the way because there is a great opportunity that has been set before the people of God. Now, when he talks about, he says, not just an ordinary door. 
he talks about, he says, a great door. So that means he's letting us know that the magnitude of the opportunity is ferocious. It, it is great. I mean, it's, it's far beyond that any of us can even imagine or understand. Then he says it's an effectual door. In other words, he says this door, this opportunity that is presenting itself, he is saying that it is a very powerful opportunity. And this is why there are so many adversaries. Now, God is, going, God is not going to allow the enemy, or the enemy is not going to come up against us if there is not a great opportunity or there's not going to be something going on that's going to mess up the kingdom of darkness. Amen? So God is saying right now, right now see, I kept pondering about this hurricane. I kept thinking about it and no matter you know, what was going on. And, and I, sometimes we can pray against God's will. And so, so we have to be very careful. And, and, and I thank God because God did show mercy. He really literally showed mercy. Now, I, I thought about the thing about, you know, even to, to the fact about Haiti. Many times, many times, many years, being a missionary in Haiti, I discovered that they dealt in voodoo. I mean, the, the, that's their culture. They, they, the, the voodooism, that's what they do, okay? And then when you come on down to, to the Caribbean and to the islands, you know, you got those type of people, and, and they also are dealing with that type of spirit, Okay? And, and so when you come on over to the United States, we're, we're just as bad, amen? Because we got all kind of idols set up, amen? And not all of that, but we're going to get into the scripture to show how we compare with what Paul is talking about at that time. Remember now, when it comes to the saints of God, we have to take advantage of the opportunity that's being presented into us. It's not about getting no stuff. It's not about making a name. It's all about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is the reason why. Now, let's go to Revelations chapter number 2. Revelations chapter number 2. Revelations chapter number 2. Revelations 2. Amen. Because we're talking about a, a door of opportunity. A door of opportunity. A door of opportunity. We've got to deal with Ephesus and see how we, as a nation and as a world, how we compare to what's going on and back in the day, okay? Now, Revelation chapter number 2, I'm going to read verse number 1 first. Verse number 1 in Revelation chapter number 2, it says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, remember now the word Ephesus means desirable, he said, Write these things, said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now, don't want to deal with that, except for the fact that we're talking to the church of Ephesus. Now, verse number two says this. He says, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Okay, he's talking to the church age here. Then he says, and thou have tried them which say they are apostles and are not and have found them to be liars. Amen? So even though they were doing some good work and, and, and they were calling some things out, God still had a problem with them. And we're going to get here. He says, verse number three, and have borne and has patience and for my name's sake have labored and have not fainted. They had not given up. Verse number four, this is what he says. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou have done what? 
Love by what? First love. He says to them, even though you're doing all these things, and even though you despise people that are doing wrong, and you found some, some leaders to be liars, he said, but i got a problem with you. You have left your first love. And when we look around and we see the devastation of what's happening, not just in our nation, not with just within America, but completely around the world, we have left, and the world have left the what? The first love. Amen? So when it comes down to it, what God is doing, he's trying to bring us back. You know, I noticed that, that um, maybe, I don't know what, which day it was, might be towards the end when they really didn't know the magnitude of what, how the hurricane was going to be in, in the United States. All of a sudden, they wanted to pray. Amen? All of a sudden, before then, they weren't talking about praying. But as things began to progress, they wanted to pray. Now, when you, when you look at all around the world, that, 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 that's uh, caught up in all this uh, idolatry, witchcraft, and Buddhism, and all this stuff, then all of a sudden now, at the end, when they think God's going to wipe everything out, because nobody had never seen a hurricane of this magnitude, and how slow-moving the way it was, so then they said, the best thing we need to do, we better start praying. Because that means they acknowledge it had to be God. It, it had to be the Lord. So, so what God is saying, listen, you have left your first love. Now, the, the, the America used to be, and even though the dollars say in God we trust, they do not trust in God. They trust in the almighty dollar. Amen? So God said, listen, you have left your first love, so therefore I got to put your eyes back on me. He told me, you didn't left your first love. But see, here's come the mercy of God. And you talked about the mercy that's in the storms. Amen? Now, then God says this in verse 5. He says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou what fallen. That means they were at a higher place. See, at one point in all of our, and not only all of our lives, but in the world, then God was number one. But now what has happened is we have fallen from the first love. So he said, remember where you come from. Remember your relationship that you had with me. Remember, therefore, from whence thou fallen. And then he says to do what? Repent. I wonder how many people repented during the time of the hurricane. On, and now today they're back to the old ways. Because the Bible talks about in Revelation, out of everything that, that came upon earth, they still didn't repent. But surely somebody should have repented. Amen? So, so whatever was going on in their life, I said to Dr. Man, I said, I wonder how many people really thought about what's really going on and how many would truly change their lives. Because, see, it's just like 9-11, same thing. When they thought the world was going to end, and they should have known God is not going to destroy the earth with flood, no way. But yet, they, they hung the flag, they praised God, and they begged God um, for mercy. You know, and then just as soon as it was over, they went back to do the same thing over again. So here we are. So I, asked, I said to him, I wonder how many people are going to truly repent from their wicked ways. Amen? So here's the, 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 the answer to everything. And I think Dr. Manna talked about, preached about a word about two things. Like last week, week before last, was stormy weather. And then the other one has to do about the messengers, you know, uh, uh, how God is speaking. See, God is speaking. See, a lot of times folk don't want to believe God is speaking through, through, the, through the storms and through the hurt. God is literally speaking. But he's saying to us, he says, you need to repent. And then he says, and do the first work 
or else, watch this. He said, in other words, he said, if you don't do the first work, if you don't go come back to me, he said, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. Now, right now it appears that we've escaped. <laughs> it appears, okay? All right. Even though some, some things are still going on, it appears that we have escaped. But God says here in this word, or else, talking about repentance, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thy repent. Unless the world, not only America, unless we begin to fall on our face and begin to repent, God said, I'm coming back quickly. Now, what we're going to see is this. It, what determination of what's coming next, and we don't know exactly what's coming next, it has a lot to do with the repentance of mankind. And, to, and then God says, I'm going to come quickly. And this, what I also I thought was amazing, how he, and, and, and it goes back to the scripture when it talks about how he's going to come like a thief in the night. If you think about it, when the storms hit, it was always in the night. You know, it's, it's after 12 o'clock, it began to hit. Out here lately, when it got to us, it began to, it began to do some day breaking. But before that, it was in the night. It was at a time wherein people would normally be sleeping. But God said, I'm going to come quickly in the night. So we've got to remember, we've got to remember that mankind has to repent. Well, what does that have to do with me? God says, I'm giving the saints of God an opportunity to share the gospel. See, in the midst of talking about the devastation and how bad it is, we need to be talking about Jesus. Amen. In the midst of talking about how much we've lost and all the damage, we need to begin to talk about Jesus Christ. Because, see, that is what happened in, in, in Ephesus. That's what Paul was doing. See, it, Paul was destined to go to Macedonia. But because of, of the way, the condition they were in, and because they had false doctrine, false teaching, and, and all that going on, it gave him an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. This situation, whenever, wherever you go, wherever, whomever you conversate with, the God has given a, a great door, a great magnitude, a very powerful door, a, a, a time wherein you can talk about Jesus Christ and it's going to be okay. The, the ears going to be open and they're going to be ready to listen to what you have to say. Amen. So take that opportunity. Now, let's go to uh, Hosea chapter number 2. Hosea chapter number 2, the book of Hosea, is where we're going to go to next. Because in the midst of, of uh, the, the great door, the opportunity that God has for us, then there's some other things that's uh, going to take place. Because, see, even though it looks bad, even though it appears to be bad, God says there's still hope. Huh. There, as long as we're breathing, there's still hope. As long as someone that's unsaved is breathing, there's still hope. Hosea chapter number 2. Hosea chapter number 2. Amen. I'm going to give us a chance to get there. Hosea chapter number 2. We're talking about the door of opportunity. There's an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's an opportunity. We need to take advantage. And God said, this door is so powerful. And he said, don't take it lightly. He said, it's powerful. It's a powerful opportunity to be able to witness. Now, Hosea chapter number 2. Now, 
when you think about what Revelation chapter 2 said and how they had left their first love, okay? Now, looking at Hosea chapter number 2, the key verse here is verse number 14, but I'm going to start reading at verse number 12. He says, and I will destroy her vines. Vines represents, uh, it's a symbol of joy. And her fig trees. Now, that's the sweetness. When you look at tree, the word trees, we know trees represent man. So God is saying, he says now, he says, I will destroy uh, uh, their joy and, the, and their sweetness, their anointing. He says, whereof she have said, there are my... These are my rewards, and my lovers has given me, and I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. Now, what he, what's being said here, God is saying what has happened is that all the things that mankind has received from him, now they have set their lovers, the things of the, the people of the world, the things of the world are the ones that has given it unto them. So, in other words, the blessings that has been given to the body of Christ, sometimes we forget who gave us those blessings. Amen. And we all start chasing at the things of the world, and then the world becomes our lover. Amen. Amen. The world becomes our lover. Now, verse, uh, dropping down to verse number 14, and Hosea chapter number 2. 14 says, Therefore, behold... I will allure, God says, I'm going to entice, entice her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. So the Lord says, in order for mankind to get to a place of repentance, he says, I've got to bring them to a place of wilderness. Now, a place of wilderness is a place where we're without God. <laughs> he says, I've got to bring you there because, see, and first of all, I've got to get you away from your lover. I've got to get you away from your lover. See, the world can be your lover. Amen. Anything that you put before God is your lover. Amen. So God said, I've got to bring you to a place of wilderness. Don't, do we not know that when we're down on our, I don't like to say luck, when we're down on a on, on, on situation in life, that's when we really look to God. And we don't look to God in our, in our up days. Amen. The only time we want to call on God is when the devastation comes to our lives. Amen. That's when we want to say, uh, call on Jesus, call on his name. But God, but God is doing some things in order to bring mankind to a place of repentance. But it is a door of opportunity for the saints of God because God is setting it up. Huh. I mean, God is setting this thing so up that all we've got to do is begin to share the gospel and we'll find more and more people to get saved. Right now, more and more people are willing to listen. Amen. Because, see, they don't know, they don't know, understand what's going on. When I thought about it, I said, now, we're talking about five states. We're not talking about one state being affected, but we're talking about five states in the United States that's been affected. So, so the magnitude is even that much greater. Right now, people are right to listen to what you've got to say when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's up to everybody to be willing to talk about Jesus. Amen. Amen. We have to do that. Now, then he says, God says, I'll speak comfortably. You know, in other words, even in our wilderness state, God says, I'll comfort you. <laughs> and right now he's bringing comfort. Amen. And the reason why he's bringing comfort because he's setting up a door of opportunity for the saints of God to minister unto those that are lost. And not only those that are lost, but those Christians that live in any kind of way and still name the name of Jesus. The devil is a lie. Amen. 
You can't live a double life. You can't do that. You know, and think we're going to go to heaven. It doesn't work that way. So what he says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring you to that place of wilderness. And watch what he says, because now, this is, this is, this right here just really got me. Verse 15 says, and I will give her her vineyards from thence. In other words, that vineyard represents your blessings, your fruitful place, but it's going to come out of your wilderness state. See, many people that's in that wilderness state now, he's, God is going to make that place back fruitful again. Amen. What, what, but this is how it's going to come about. He says, and I will give her her vineyard from thence, talking about the wilderness, and the valley of, of whore uh, for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the days when she came up out of the land of Egypt. Now, what is this verse saying here? He says he's going to give her the vineyard from, from, her, from the wilderness place and the valley, the valley is where your nutrition, nutrients are, of the, it says, the ahor. Ahor, ahor means uh, trouble. Now that got me. He says, and the valley of ahor for a door of hope. Now, the word ahor, that word means trouble. Now, how in the world can trouble be a door of hope? <laughs> Think about that. How is it possible for trouble, the valley of uh, Ahor, to be a door of hope? See, in the midst of every, in the midst of all our troubles, hope comes out of our trouble. See, out of the situation, there's going to be hope. Okay, there is going to be hope in the midst of all the devastation. Huh? It's no matter how bad it may appear to look. No matter how desolate it may look, God says, I'm going to give you a door of hope. So in other words, God said, listen, as you minister to others and you take advantage of opportunity, you've you got to understand this is a door of hope. You've got to believe. You've got to believe in what you're saying. He says, and then I thought about, I said, wait a minute, all this trouble. Imagine you, you, you yourself going through, and a whore means trouble, but yet God said trouble is a door of hope. Now what's wrong with that picture to us in our mindset? How in the world can trouble be a door of hope? But God says it's a door of hope. It, it, it's a door of, of believing in God. And then he says, uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter number 32. Isaiah 32, because we're going to look at this, this, this door of, of hope and why it's a door of hope in the midst of all, all this devastation. Isaiah chapter number 32. Isaiah Chapter number 32, Isaiah 32, because we're talking about the door of hope, but trouble is talking about trouble, talking about trouble, trouble being a door of hope. Most of the time when we're in trouble, we, we ain't thinking about no hope now. We, we're not thinking about hope now. We're thinking about the trouble we're in. Right now when these people are going through all this, this devastation, they're not thinking about hope. You know, they're thinking about the trouble that they're facing. But God says trouble is a door of hope. Now, Isaiah chapter number 32, uh, looking at verse number 15. Are we there? Isaiah chapter number 32. Remember now, we're talking about the door of opportunity. Now, Isaiah chapter number 32, verse number 15 says, Until the Spirit, y'all see that? Until the Spirit be poured upon us from where? On high. He says, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness 
be what kind of field? A fruitful field. And the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Then, what did he say? Judgment shall dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remain where? In the fruitful field. You see, what God is saying, he said, first of all, he said the spirit has to be poured down from on high. Okay? Because, see, in that wilderness state, he says, in that wilderness state now, he said that wilderness state is going to become a fruitful field. Now, what, what we see, all the devastation, God says, when he pours his spirit down upon the devastation and this wilderness state, God says, then it is going to become a fruitful field. But how is it going to become a fruitful field? The answer here is in the scripture. The latter part of verse 16, it says, And righteousness remain in the fruitful field. In order for the Spirit to come down and that a wilderness place, uh, uh, that fruitful field, uh, those blessings, has to remain in righteousness. Amen? It has to remain in righteousness. That's how when you move from, from, the, from the wilderness state into a, a, a place of blessings, into that fruitful field, it's because uh, at that point, repentance, thank you, Holy Spirit, repentance has taken place. But God says uh, uh, righteousness has to remain. So you can't dip in and out, okay? <laughs> he says righteousness has to remain. And then he says in verse 17, and the work of righteousness shall be what? Peace. <laughs> and the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. And when our land and when our world get into a place of, of, of righteousness, God says then it, it can become, a, it shall be a place of peace. Look at all the chaos we got going on. <laughs> Amen. Moving away from the storm. Amen. Moving away from the hurricane. Before the hurricane. Amen. Now, look at all the confusion. Uh, I mean, why? Because there's no righteousness in the land. It's not remaining. I, I, I think we said uh, yesterday there was three more policemen that was killed. That, that, they, that were two, two killed and one ended up uh, going to the hospital. They go to a domestic violence uh, 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 situation, and when they get there, then they get shot and killed. So, so there is no righteousness. They, see, uh, unless there is, when there is righteousness, the Bible says there shall be peace. And then he says the effect of righteousness is quietness. The, the world is in total turmoil. <laughs> That's not quietness. So, but and the reason why is because righteousness is not remaining in that fruitful field. Amen. Now, let's look at Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs 14. Proverbs chapter number 14. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 14. Talking about that door of opportunity. Amen. Got to remember now, righteousness, in order to keep that fruitful field, we have to remain in righteousness. In order to maintain your blessings. Now, and Wednesday night was just a, such an awesome teaching uh, from the Lord throughout the mailing, building uh, uh, sustainability and, re, and retaining. Now, so in order to retain the, the, the fruitfulness of, of, of that field, we have to remain in righteousness. Okay? Now, Proverbs chapter 14 Looking at verse number 34. Over there. Proverbs chapter 14. Amen. Proverbs 14. Looking at verse 34. 34 says this. What's that first word? Righteousness do what? Exalt what? I wonder where we are. It says righteousness exalt 
Exalt means to raise up a nation. Right now, nobody's afraid of America. <laughs> I mean, it's in a place now where, where, where Russia and Putin is saying, you know, listen, you, you come over here and you mess in Syria while we're there, we're going to blow you out the water. So even the little bitty countries is talking junk to the United States of America. Why? Because that's the righteousness is not there. It says righteousness exalts a nation. It raises us up. Right now, we're not raised up. Why? Because we got all kind of confusion going on in the land. Amen? We're, we're, we're covered in darkness. We're covered in ignorance. Amen? And, and, and the sad part is that we don't want to come out of the ignorance. Amen? We're calling right, wrong, and wrong, right. No, it can't be that way. You know, it, it just, it's not going to be that way. Amen? It says, a righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is what? A reproach to any people. Now, if sin is a reproach to any people, what does that tell us? <laughs> what does that tell us about our nation? Amen. We're not righteous, so therefore, if somebody, sin is a, is a reproach. Amen. So we've got to get on our face and begin to pray for our nation, pray for our leaders, and God help our leaders. Amen. All, all of it is a mess. Amen. It's just a total mess. Amen. So the main thing is we better make sure we're connected with Jesus. Amen. Because with everything going on, you know, it's, we have to be to a place where we've got to trust in God. He's our only source. He's our only help. Amen. Oh, it's, he's our only help. But righteousness exalts us. Righteousness is what brings about peace. Righteousness is what brings about quietness. I mean, it's, just, it's amazing. But we do no longer want to be righteous. No longer do, do mankind want to live a righteous and a holy life. It's, it's, righteousness is gone out, out the door. Huh. Yeah. Holiness is gone. It's, it's about, you know, dress, shine, and come out and, okay, well, we'll go to church on Sunday, you know. But then all through the week and even on that day, amen, we give God a little bit of time and then we're still connected with our sins. Amen. We don't want to give our sin up. Amen. You know, it's okay to preach about Giving me my blessings, uh, 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 but but don't talk about my sin. Amen. Doctor Mellon got a text this morning. Might have been a thing a request on Facebook this morning. It says uh, a lady from the UK. She asked him would they pray, and then the next thing that she asked was how much does she have to pay him to pray? Wait a minute. What's wrong with that picture? So who has she been listening to? So what has those leaders been teaching? Uh, uh, Pastor Anthony in, in Liberia, uh, when he when he corresponds with us, he had begun to talk about how the preacher was telling him how he's supposed to uh, 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 shake down the members and how he's supposed to get you know, uh, get money for for praying for folk. No, that's not the way. How are you gonna say a prayer? Please help me understand that. I mean, what's wrong with that picture? Because see, man has gotten so corrupt. And so greedy for, for filthy lucrative is what God calls it, that they will try to sell things that belong to God. That's a problem. There is a problem. When, 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 when people of God can live any kind of way and still stand and say and do the wrong thing and call right, wrong, and wrong, right, there is a problem. That's why judgment is on the land. That is why judgment is over the entire world because they've been trying to pimp the people of God because God don't like ugly. And, and God is going to, I hear you, Holy Spirit. 
God is going to deal with these leaders, these false leaders that's preaching one thing and living something else. God's going to deal with that. Because so many people are following him. How are you going to say a prayer? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with mankind? What's wrong with the people of God? What's wrong with the leaders? There's a problem there. There is no more fear or reverence of God. That's a problem. And we wonder, we ask ourselves the question, well, why is the hurricane coming? God is releasing the wrath, his wrath against this world. He's releasing it. Because man refused to come out of all the mercy that God releases on mankind. Man still will not repent. Man will still go about and do his own way and think he had done nothing wrong. God is getting tired. But in the midst of getting tired, what God is saying, I'm giving the people of God an opportunity to preach the gospel. He said, this gospel, this gospel, this gospel, not that sugar-coating stuff. People are pimping folk all around the world. Pimping people, God. Know who you're giving to. Know what you're doing. Know about it. Know. Seek the face of God. Make sure it's of God. Because I'm going to give you a door of hope. There is a door of hope. There's an opportunity. Begin to teach and preach the word of God. No, no more compromise. Because in the moment we compromise, that's the time God very well could come. He could very well come. We have to be careful on how we're living. My, my, my brother-in-law that's in the hospital. I mean, good every day, good every day, good every day. He used to come to the house, sit. Him and Dr. Mello were just sitting in the chair, and they, were, they began to watch the Westerns. Now he's at a place where one day he's up and the next day he's down. Still got blood on his, on his brain. Cannot function. One day he was just totally healthy, and the next day, he, some days he don't even know he's in the world. Some days he can communicate with people. And some days he just can't. What happens when we, this is, this is a danger when, when, when we got to make sure we're living close to God. When you, when you don't know when your, when your internal movement of your body is supposed to be releasing itself. I mean, that, 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 that's, you, you may know you got to go to the bathroom to do one, one thing, but then you don't know how to do, the, uh, come to the understanding that you got to do some other things too. And then you got to be clean. But the day before that, you were healthy. So, so the thing is, we have to, to take advantage of all the opportunities God's given us about preaching and teaching the Word of God. See, there's a door, there's an opportunity been opened up. The door, God said, it's such a magnitude, it's a, such a major door. He said, there's a whole lot of enemies. I mean, the adversary does not want the true gospel to go forth. They want to go back to the Revelation chapter number 2, the, the, the church of Ephesus. The problem that God had with them because the, 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 the people, the, the Nicolaitans, well, that, that was, they were teaching false doctrine. They were conquering the people. What's happening now, the, the people are being conquered and have no clue what's going on. Have no clue. And we want to all go, why are you sending this? He's sending it because man needs to wake up. The saints of God needs to wake up. Time ain't going to be long, y'all. It won't be long. 
It's not so much about the Big Bang, but we don't ever know when our day is coming. Have not a clue. Jesus, help me, Holy Spirit. Talking about how God will present, how God will present, you know, the opportunity. And then even in, in, in the midst of tragedy, God says, that's hope. He says, don't give up. He says, hope. You know, sometimes we say, well, I don't need for me to be sharing the gospel. No people don't want to hear. But you never know, because right now is a prime opportunity to share the word of God. Prime opportunity to share the word, to speak to people and begin to talk about the goodness of God. You know, they talk about, the moment they talk, they begin to talk about what has happened, the hurricane and stuff. Well, just tell them, well, you know, the Bible says uh, uh, the, uh, the way of the Lord is, is in the storm. You, you give them the scripture, show it to them in the scripture that God is actually in the storm. We have this friend of ours said, well, you know, God, God ain't in them storms. Well, uh, the devil is alive. That's not what my Bible says. The Bible says his way is in the storm. So if his way is in the storm, that means he is in the storm. Amen. So correct this crazy ideology, this, this gospel that they, they have that teaching. It's not this gospel. It's a wrong gospel. It's a gospel of compromise. You cannot compromise. you got to stand. If you've got to stand by yourself, you still got to stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter number 14. Acts chapter 14. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Acts chapter number 14. Acts 14. Mm. Door of opportunities. Many adversaries. Many adversaries. You're going to have a whole lot of opposition. Have a, you'll have a whole lot of opposition. But God said, that's hope. <laughs> that's hope. That's hope. In the midst of trouble, <laughs> he said, I'll give you trouble. But you've got to understand, it's a door of hope. That's <laughs> uh, sure. That, that's a door of hope. You know? now, and even though it's trouble... It's a, it's a door of hope. In other words, guys, I want you to do something with what I've got going on. Use it to your advantage. But not in a bad way, but in a good way to share the gospel. Acts chapter number 14. We're going to hurry along. Amen. Acts chapter number 14. Amen. Amen. And once this door is open, there's something else you've got to have. Verse number 27, Acts chapter 14. It says, And when they will come, and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how he had done what? Opened the door of what? Faith unto who? The Gentiles. See, Gentiles were considered to be dogs. They were considered to be the ones that were lost. See, now it, it, we've got to get to the place of understanding that, and through faith, we got to know God has opened this door, God has presented this opportunity, so we can witness to the lost. See, it, he, and it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith to speak what God has to say in this kind of, this kind of world. Because the world is crazy. Amen. The world is crazy. Amen. But God says here, he says, uh, he's going to, uh, they, he talked about how they, they, I mean, they celebrated. I mean, God had performed a miracle. This man was impotent, uh, and he, he was disabled, and, and, and not only in his physical, but he was disabled in his spirit. But what happened was God allowed a miracle to take place, and then you have to be careful on, on when God uses you and miracles take place. Because the first thing they wanted to do was uh, 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 celebrate uh, uh, Paul and, 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 and Silas and say that there were gods that had come down, that, that, that there were Jupiter, and, and see what that word says. They were saying that uh, they were Jupiter from the planets. I was like, wait a minute. Them people had to be crazy. 
because they was going to begin to uh, offer sacrifices unto them. So, so the thing is, oh yeah, in verse number 12 in uh, Acts 14, it says, and when the people saw that Paul had done, it talked about he, the, the healing of this person, okay? Well, let me go to 9. It says, the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceived that he had faith to be healed. Okay? God's going to be doing supernatural things in this hour. Okay? Supernatural things. Now, this is where the saints of God has to be careful when he, when he uses you. He, verse 10 says, said with a loud voice, this is the responding, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and he walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Laconian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Be careful and do not allow people to put you where God is supposed to be. Because God don't like ugly. God don't like ugly. God don't like that. Now, here they were. Then in verse 12 it says, And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul, which is Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Now, see, here they are thinking these are some gods that come down from heaven in the likeness of men, and then they want to make a sacrifice to them. No, 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 that, that couldn't happen. God, I mean, Paul had to let them know, no, wait a minute. See, if you're not restrained, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. If you're not restrained by the Word of God, you'll take God's glory. If you're not restrained... By the word of God, self will rise up and take God's glory. And God got a problem with that. Paul quickly, you see, see, that's where we have to look at the word of God. See, Paul quickly let them know, no, wait a minute, we're men just like you all. No, we're not the one that's done this. Jesus Christ is God. He's the one that's done this. See, see, right now, as this door of opportunity is, is being opened, and God's going to do miraculous things through the saints of God, we have to be careful that we do not allow people to build altars and make sacrifices to us. Amen. We've got to be very careful now. Because, see, it's a, this door is magnet. This, this, this uh, the door is such a, a vast door. It, the magnitude of the opportunity that's going to be, be, that is being presented to us, we have to make sure we are giving God glory. We've got to stay restrained by the Word. Got to stay restrained by the Word. Now, listen, this is the last verse. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. I think this is, I think this is the last one. If not, I'm going to make it the last one. Second Corinthians chapter number 2. Second Corinthians. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter number 2. We're talking about a door of opportunity. Door of opportunity. What did I say? Second Corinthians chapter number 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter number 12. Wait a minute, let me, let me go back over here. Y'all please forgive me. Second Corinthians, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I think it's, what I said, 2 and 12, I believe. I think I said Second Corinthians chapter 2. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Second Corinthians chapter number 2. Look in that verse number 12. Over there. Amen. It says this. Furthermore, when I came to trust... It's, uh, uh, it says to preach whose gospel? Christ's gospel. And what? A door was opened unto me. Of who? Of the Lord. So the door that's going to be opened, that's going to give us the opportunity, is a door from the Lord. 
But the reason why the door is going to be open is because we're going to be preaching whose gospel? Christ's gospel. So you can't preach anything else. You have to preach uh, Christ's gospel in order for that door to be opened up to you. See, see, th- that's the thing. For that opportunity, understand that's going to be a whole lot of opposition. Hold on, opposition. But you got to understand, you got to walk in faith, you got to trust God, and the key thing God says, you got to preach His gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Can't compromise, I don't care what the world is doing, I don't care what the Constitution is saying, I don't care what the nation is doing, I don't care what the latest is, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, leaders are doing, don't matter about what the laws are saying, and all that, what they're coming up with. No! God said you got to preach Christ's gospel in order for that door of opportunity to open up. And right now, it's a vast door open. I mean, it is wide open. Wide open. And the thing that we're supposed to be preaching is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where do I find the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's right here written in the pages. <laughs> 66 books. Gospel of Jesus Christ. I thought it's very interesting. The storm that hit and did what it did was called Matthew. Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. New Testament. First book about Matthew dealing with Jesus. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Matthew did some damage. Matthew's going to wake some folk up. Matthew's going to open doors of opportunity. Matthew is. Now it's up to every saint of God to walk in those doors in faith. Amen. Now let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. We thank, we thank and praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God. We thank God. We thank God for... Hold on one minute. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Got to understand something. When God is speaking, we have to allow it to sell in our spirit. Because if we don't allow it to sell in our spirit, we're going to miss it. We'll miss the opportunity. When it, when it comes, when the sign comes, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. And God says, I'm saying to the saints of God, I've opened a door for you. And if you, the only way we'll miss the door is we'll, we'll miss the instructions of God. And we cannot miss the instructions of God. We've got to learn to get on our face. We've got to learn to pray. We've got to learn to be real. We have to be real. No shucking and jiving. We have to be real. We have to be real because God is not playing. He is not playing. He is not playing. I don't know what the next one's going to do. There's another one coming. Matthew circling around. I don't know if he's going to pick up Mark, Luke, or John or not. <laughs> but he very well can. Why? Because he's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. So please, ma'am, please, sir, hear what the Spirit has to say. Hear what the Spirit has to say. You, you just, just, just get it in your mind. That, okay, God is presenting an opportunity to me. Let me use this opportunity 